All right, you're listening to I Hate Music with John Dietz on 90.9 WCWM out of Williamsburg, Virginia. And you just listened to How to Turn Your Emotional Anguish into Cold Hard Cash by Delaware emo band Khaki Cuffs, Kicking Cars by British band Panchico, and Running, the newest single from Glass Beach. If you've recovered from COVID-19, confirmed by a positive test, you're eligible to donate plasma that contains the antibodies that fight COVID-19. This will save lives. More information and donation sites at coronavirus.gov. Again, more information and donation sites at coronavirus.gov. All right, right now I'm with my friend Hazel, better known by fair artist named Space Cadet. They just released about two weeks ago fair latest album, Amusia. It's a truly fantastic record, one of my favorites of the year, and we're going to have a conversation about it. First of all, though, how are you doing, Hazel? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing okay. Um, I've essentially done nothing but class all day, um, like online school, which has been mad boring, but I'm here now, so it's not bad. Great. All right. Well, there are several points on this new album where you allude to a kind of um, godlessness and the sort of melancholy feeling that inspires. To what extent did spirituality or lack of it inspire this album? Well, I'm I'm not religious. I just want to clarify, and I never have been. I didn't sort of unlearn religion so much as I learned its existence. So it's fascinating to me. Like I hear people talk about their like Catholic upbringing, and as much as I understand that a lot of it can be sort of really sort of personal and in in some cases traumatizing, it's just interesting this sort of learned faith that you learn to believe in a thing. And so, like, like Morning Star, for example, um, is sort of, uh, it's a lot of Buddhist ideas, but at the same time, I, I, I wanted to sort of talk about, like, unlearning faith, which, which is, the whole album sort of an unlearning process, just sort of an unlearning variety of things. And to me, I'm just fascinated by the idea that you can instill religion in someone from birth, and then they might either grow past that or like become enamored with it. Right. And another uh, theme that really stood out to me was, you know, kind of a celebration of the, of the beauty of life's kind of transient nature. But, you know, the album also reflects on the kind of bittersweetness kind of inherent to that transience. Could you elaborate on that and also briefly touch on any other important uh, thematic elements? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, it's, I I don't want to ever impose with the music that I make an emotional state because I feel like that's cheating. I feel like if I give you an idea and I tell you how to feel about it, then I've done your job for you as a listener or as like an appreciator. Um, I'd be far more happy if, you know, I communicate an aspect of the world and then someone goes, this is how I feel about it because then you're engaging with the music and we're meeting in the middle. So the idea is not that like, I'm sort of, I said, this is a beautiful thing that life is sort of meaningless or it's transient or whatever, or that it's, you know, or, or it's sad. It's just that that, that is how I feel things are. I, I don't think, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a nihilist. I would never claim to be, and I don't like nihilism at all. But I do think that it's difficult to determine an, an absolute meaning to life. And I do think it's it's difficult to, to sort of deny the fact that things are always changing. So I just... Like the last song on the album, "The Valley," it, the the lyric um in it is one lyric for ten minutes, and it doesn't really mean anything, which is kind of the point. It's meant to be get louder and louder and more climactic and more intense, but it, you're never really you, you never know why. 
and I I feel like that that that's what what a lot of things feel like to me is like stuff is happening. You don't know why. You've got to work it out. And as an artist, my job isn't to work it out for you, which I feel like that's that's the emotion. You know, if I mean, if you listen to it and went, oh, this feels like a celebration to me, then that's yeah, that's a hundred percent valid. You've made about as good as an interpretation as I can. But when I made it, I wasn't thinking, yeah, I want this to feel happy. I want this to feel depressed. I think there are obviously like personal experiences and and sort of like ideas of um sort of confusion around gender, confusion around sort of the 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 separations and and the divides present in things. But it, it ultimately just come down comes down to the fact that you know we're lacking a meaning as a human race and we are always changing and what we might cling on to regardless i really like that philosophy and and i'd like to talk about the the album title more um on your bandcamp page the only explanation you give about this album is to define the title as the inability to recognize musical tones or to reproduce them um what significance does this really have um, to you personally, why did you name your album after Amusia? Oh, th- th- thank you for asking that question because I get to talk about something I find interesting that isn't me. Uh, so Amusia <laughs> and to the original full album title was Amusia and Disharmonia a dance. I shortened it to Amusia, but there's a song called Disharmonia on it, um, and it is the two songs interacting what I view in my head as a dance. But where that came from is the a uh, title of a chapter from a book called Musicophilia by Oliver Sacks, who was a prominent uh, psychoanalyst, psychologist. He was a, he was um, wrote a number of very influential books about sort of the extremes of what the human brain can do, like just the weird, the weird stuff that happens to the human brain um, in uh, through medical conditions, or whatever, and. Musicophilia deals with music and the brain specifically, and the chapter Amusia and Disharmonia, the words just kind of stuck out to me, because it's like, it's weird, human beings are really good at perceiving music, but we don't know why, and then so we don't know why that stops. Um, so to me it was just interesting, like, in some people's brains they are unable to perceive the differences or the complexities or in fact the, the beauty in the interactions between different notes. They don't know why, you know, they listen to a C major chord, which to the to a normal ear would sound very pleasant, resolved, clean, simple. That doesn't mean anything to them. But a C major chord to the average music listener in the right context can mean a million things. And I, I, I think that's really, like, like, that's weird. That almost seems like a corruption of the brain to me, like, um sudden this person is not able to appreciate that thing and so it's like this it it's like this idea where you know the brain is corrupted in some way but but also we don't know why we don't know why that is because we don't know why it's beautiful to us in the first place it's really fascinating um now changing the subject a little to my knowledge this is the first space cadet album to include um collaboration of any kind you know as a disclaimer i am one of those uh you know collaborators you also worked with your partner june as well as our mutual friends may and riley what inspired you to include collaborations on this project for the first time and what effect did these have on the trajectory of the album um well 
I am very much DIY to the extreme, and it's partially right. necessity and it's partially personal choice. I like having control over the artistic direction totally, and I I definitely like I'll I'll be sort of you know assured in the fact that I have enough of an ego that I would probably panic if I lost <laughs> so much artistic control. But I also think all of my friends are beautiful people, and I also think they make a lot of really good art. So it was really cases of having ideas, here's a song, and then going, okay, I'm either gonna give you a brief and you work with it, or I'm just gonna give you an unfinished song and you put, like, what you want on it. So, for example, I gave, you know, uh, I gave, uh, I think it was, I think it was The Valley, um, was unfinished, uh, and I gave it to my girlfriend Juno, said, you know, put put on this. I want some noisy stuff. Do what you want. And she sends right. me back a load of really interesting things and I can work them in as I want. Uh, and then like with the album cover, I was just, I, I think I got uh, Riley who who did the artwork. She's she's an amazing artist. You should uh, definitely check her out. I think it's at Jebaflyer. Um, yes. But I, I, um, I, I, I was like, here's one of the songs. I think it might've, I think I might've sent her one of the songs. And then, um, and then was like, okay, what does this, what does this feel like to you? Just make an image, because I, I was confident in her, her artistic ability, and she sends me back this image. I'm like, immediately, that has the sort of weird, sort of piecemeal ambiguity that I was sort of imagining in my head would make sense. Um, so it, it, it I, I had all the ideas basically. I, I wasn't sort of set, like, the fundamentals of the album were all me. Um, a little bit of an ego trip there, but. <laughs> um, but but the, the the beautiful thing was that I the thing none of the things that I got back like for example your verse I wasn't expecting to get back what you sent me but it worked I would have never written those words with those with that melody but it worked and, and and that's the really beautiful thing so it's not all me and it's not all my take I just had the idea like the fundamental ideas um, and I want to do that more like future projects I absolutely want to do that more great. I, my final question, I'd like to talk about inspirations on this album. Uh, one of the most yes. obvious, at least to me, was Sufjan Stevens. In fact, you explicitly reference a song title from Illinois in the song uh, Aesthetic for Earth. Uh, what other artists loomed large in your mind during the process of creating Amusia? I actually reference, reference Sufjan twice. There's a reference uh, in more. Oh, I didn't Star catch the well. second one. I'll have uh, to look for that. It, it, yeah, in the chorus of Morning Star. Um, I think I said I walked out of Egypt, which is the last track off Illinois. Um, but there, there's loads. It, it would take me forever to go through all of the things, but th I know what triggered the album, because there's always a trigger for me for an album that makes me go, ah, oh, something's going to come from this. I can sort of spew ideas from this. And it was listening to King Cruel. Uh, the Ooze specifically was the album by King Cruel. And I went, I love that because it's, I, I know jazz and I know it's jazz, but I don't know it doesn't to me feel like jazz makes me feel normally, which is sort of this complexity and this sort of self-expression celebration. The ooze felt like this sort of dirty, dingy, dark, mysterious thing. And I was like, that's the coolest thing in the world. I've never heard jazz be used like that. I'm going to make something like that. And I did. And it was Solaire. Um, and so he, he formed a, like King Cruel's artistic approach and the way he uses jazz and rock and sort of this dark, dreary atmosphere formed a lot of it. But also there's Modest Mouse in there, there's a bit of, um, bit of, bit of Sufjan, as you mentioned, there's um, 
I mean, all all sorts going on. I, I have a playlist of um of what inspired it. Um, there's a lot of Julia Holter. I was really enjoying Aviary by her at the time. It's this very beautiful atmospheric record. Um, uh, obviously a lot of Mew. Shout out to Mew. My, the, the, of course, the, great, the greatest band of all time. Um, specifically, um, songs like Cartoons and Macrame Wounds, where they have this very mm, right alien but like beautifully so they feel weird and off but in a very climactic and cathartic way which i wanted to get i didn't want any of the climaxes on abusia which there are several of to feel like they were expected or like sort of like i'd sort of done this very you know trite like justification like i'm gonna be sad and then i'm gonna be explosive like i i wanted them to sort of <laughs> come from nowhere or come from weird places and i feel like Mew do that really well they'll just throw you for a loop with just this glorious vocal melody um so it's all like a lot of it's rock or pop because that was the headspace i was in um rather than other projects where i've mostly been inspired by sort of folk and electronic stuff um but it yeah a, a lot of artists who do weird stuff with kind of conventional elements Thank you so much for talking with me today, Hazel. All right, we're going to get back to the music now with actually a song from Amusia. This is Liminal Spaces by Space Cadet.